Sentire Media. Ciao a tutti and welcome to Venice Talks, a podcast series about Venice in Italy. My name is Monica Cesarato and I am a Venetian food and travel blogger. I'm going to put my insider knowledge at your disposal to help you discover Venice at 360 degrees. Each week I will be chatting to the people who really matter, the Venetian. So follow me on the discovery of his artisans, writers, fashion designers, artists, glassmakers, bloggers and much, much more. Come to visit Venice the right and sustainable way. You can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com and also on all social media. Enjoy the episode! Welcome to Venice Talks, episode number 18. Hello everybody, welcome back to Venice Talks. Who is my guest today? Well, he is nonetheless and Piero Dri, aka il forcolaio matto. Ciao Piero, come stai? Ciao Monica, ciao, ciao. Tutto bene? Tutto yes, bene. I repeat, okay. So, um, first of all, let's explain everybody who is il forcolaio matto. Il forcolaio matto is the name of my workshop, is the name of my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, forcolaio is the uh, craftsman who makes the forcola. Forcola is the um, object, the ore lock, the wooden object where the gondolier places the ore to mm-hmm. drive, to row the gondola. Uh-huh. And, uh, and also the other kind of traditional wooden Venetian boat. Right. Okay. So let's start by saying that uh, there's only... How many, three or four of you in Venice still do this job? We are four workshops. Four workshops, but this is one of the oldest crafts from Venice, correct? Yes, it is correct. Uh, it's born uh, officially, the, the corporation of the ore makers, mm-hmm. born in 1307, so more than 700 years ago. Oh, in, wow. In 2007, we celebrated the 700th uh, birthday of the corporation, even uh-huh. if the corporation doesn't exist anymore, because, uh, as you know perfectly, mm-hmm. uh, Napoleon uh, yeah. killed uh, all these yeah. guys. Let's uh, say he, he yeah. kindly wiped <laughs> <laughs> everything. But let, let, let's not go, get into that, okay? <laughs> so you celebrated. That's good. What, what did you actually do for the celebrations? And, but in 2007, we uh, tried to uh, make a, a typical ore for a, for a vessel, for a galea, mm-hmm. a Venetian galea, um, that in the past uh, was 10 meters long. Okay. And so oh, it's been a, a great adventure. I uh, actually, uh, I uh, just started to, to learn uh, to... Ah. Okay, in yes, so 2007, five. we're talking about what's that? Yeah. Uh, 15 years ago. Yeah, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, you, you right. just started, didn't you? Right, okay. so let's um, go back one step. Let's explain, first of all, uh, why um, is so important Venetian rowing? What's the difference between Venetian rowing and the way that the rest of the world rows? The, the first uh, very important difference is uh, that uh, you always row Uh, looking forward mm-hmm. and you always row uh, standing. Okay. This, uh, um, because of two uh, peculiarities of Venice, because uh, uh, Venice has uh, a, a very peculiar geometry, you know, uh-huh. 
everybody knows, uh, uh, we have very narrow, narrow canals uh, with 90 degrees curves. So it's very important to look forward and mm -hmm. uh, to avoid some obstacles. Also, the you, if you consider the, the lagoon around Venice, the, the special environment that uh, allows uh, Venice to survive mm -hmm. in, in the centuries, you, you have to know that the, the, the average depth of the water is only 50 centimeters. So, oh, oh, I didn't realize it was so low. I, I, I thought about a meter, but I didn't realize it went up to 50 centimeters. Yeah. That's, that's a leg high. So that's, yeah. uh, that means the boats as well don't have a very uh, shallow bottom, right? Exactly. It's very important that the flat bottom of the, mm -hmm. of the Venetian traditional boats, and it's important that the rower uh, can always control if uh, uh, there are some obstacles, some parts of the, the, the ground, for example, if the water is uh, a bit lower in certain parts of the lagoon. So it's very important to follow the the water stream and mm -hmm. to look forward okay and then that's why then uh, uh the, the venetian boats of there are so many i mean everybody knows the gondola but there are many many more types of uh, uh rowing boats in venice but they all use the same uh orlock right yeah the, the we can the say shape. That, yeah the, the shape is characterized by always uh, one uh, a main rowing position mm -hmm. that we call uh, the bite because it bites the oar is the, okay. the main oar lock. But the the, um, the placement of this uh, uh, main rowing position is different uh, uh, boat by boat because every time we have to consider the size of different boat. Uh, the for example the the side uh, height. Uh, or the width of the boat uh, and uh -huh. the particular use that every boat uh, uh, had in the past, uh, especially because okay. they are used uh, for uh, sport, uh, they are used uh, for relaxing time, you know, as a bicycle. Mm -hmm. as a bicycle. Mm -hmm. And in the old days, of course, they were used to transport things. Yes, of course. Everything was based on rowing in Venice, uh, mm -hmm. uh, transport till the also the, the military, the economical uh, aspects of the, the, the strength of the uh -huh. Republic. And, and also, uh, I was reading, and correct me if I'm wrong, many of the boats weren't used just on the lagoon, but they were, they were used also on the rivers that came into the lagoon because the Venetians were transporting uh, goods back and forth from uh, the different territories. So I assumed, obviously they didn't use maybe the smaller one, but the Burko, uh, they had, uh, they still were rowing or dragged by the, what do you call it, the ox, right? The oxen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So but they still would have had a need for, uh, uh, you know, uh, the ore and everything. So they, they, they were using the same. So uh, how did the Forcola evolve uh, through the centuries? I mean, has he changed much? Or would you say if I see something from 700 years ago, pretty much is the same shape? No, it uh, it evolved a lot because, especially if you, if you we consider, for example, the gondola, mm -hmm. uh, we speak uh, today about the gondola. Uh, it's not the same boat uh, uh, that we can see in the 18th century drawings, paintings, for example, in the past. No, mm -hmm. uh, the beginning, for example, there, there were always two gondoliers rowing 
on a gondola. Oh, and, I didn't know this. Ah, okay. Yes, because the distances to be covered uh, were very, very long. Big, long. Mm -hmm. And uh, then with the uh, beginning of the European tourism at the end of the 18th century, more or less, the, the use of the gondola changed uh, a bit. Uh, because uh, earlier it was uh, just a, a private uh, uh, transport uh, uh, boat for the rich families, for the nobles. And uh, every uh, noble family had uh, um, her, uh, her personal gondolier, no? Yeah, and, gondola di, uh, la gondola di Casada, giusto? Sì, exactly, yes. And, uh, and then uh, the distances started to be shorter and uh, only one gondolier uh, comes to be needed. So uh, the shape of the gondola um, changed a lot at the end of the 18th century when... Oh, okay, I didn't know this. Did it get shorter as well? No, it, it becomes uh, asymmetrical to okay. allow only one... Uh, Uh, person to row uh, very easily, very without uh, getting tired. Uh, okay. Okay, so this uh, revolution in the constructing process of the boat uh, changed also the, the shape of the forcola because ah. when there were two gondoliers, the forcola was very, very simple. It, it was a flat forcola. Mm -hmm. Instead, now it's, uh, uh, it has a, a very huge curve where the gondolier can place the oar uh, mm -hmm. for different, uh, to, to manoeuvrate the boat uh, in mm -hmm. every So the... Yeah, it's very interesting to see the forkel because it's got such a unique shape that is so, uh, it's just unique. I, I don't think it looks any like any other kind of uh, oarlocks in the world, does it? It's just no. so particular. And uh, uh, years ago, I remember you explaining to me that when you do rowing, there isn't just one maneuver you do. There were, I cannot remember. Am I saying this right? Seven? Am I saying yes. it wrong? Yeah. Oh, I remember right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so right. according to this, you also have the shape in the gondola. You, you, it follows these movements, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Uh, when I make a forcola, I have to consider that uh, is uh, tailor-made for a specific gondolier. And, okay. Um, the, so the got, you, you have to consider also how tall he is, his heavy set and everything. So not just exactly. what is uh, uh, rowing, what he's using exactly. it for, right? Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and so I have to make uh, uh, every time the different surfaces Uh, with the the right angles to uh, to allow the row to 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 change the position, no, and mm -hmm. so uh, the, it's uh, at the end uh, it's definitely a, a functional sculpture at the end, and uh, it's uh, it's very very useful uh, because and it's very very and it's very very how can I say uh, mm, so uh, I'm not talking about um, pressures. That's what I meant. I was trying to find the right word for it. It's so precious that each gondolier at nighttime, when they pack their gondola, that goes back home with them, doesn't it? They just don't leave it there, <laughs> as far as I know. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> yes, they replace it uh, in a, in a um, secret box uh, on the gondola. Yeah. Or, yeah. or they take away, yeah. Um, so how is the same material used or 
did get uh, did that evolve as well? Now the material uh, it's always is always uh, walnut, uh, okay, walnut tree, and uh, sometimes we can use also cherry wood or pear wood, uh, but uh, generally uh, the fruit trees are uh, um, are perfect for this kind of use. Any reason why? Because the the grain is very very homogeneous and. Mm. And so when the, the, the forcola, also the main rowing position, get to worn out during the, the daily use of the forcola, uh, the, 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 the dimension uh, uh, enlarge a bit, but uh, it remains very, very smooth uh, without okay. creating, uh, because the, the hardness difference between the, the spring and the summer a ring of the of the grain, no, it mm-hmm. is not so high. Uh, okay. Differently, for for example, mm, to woods like ash, oak, mm-hmm. uh, no, where uh, you can see perfectly the 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 white uh, the and the the, the dark uh, ring, no, in the, mm. in the of the log. In this case, uh, the. Um, we haven't got softer or harder parts of the ring, but the, the grain is very, very homogeneous and it becomes smooth with the daily use. Right. How long does he usually, I know you don't like these questions, but just roughly, how long does it take to make, a, a let's say, a basic forcola, not uh, something fancy, something too complicated, but a, a basic one? Uh, to, to make one? Mm. It's- it's about uh, five days of work. Oh, wow. Uh, usually I start from um, a log that uh, is a, it's a quarter of the tree. And uh, I, pre- I have to prepare them uh, a couple of years, of years uh, earlier because I need uh, um, a, a long natural seasoning uh, dry. Oh, right. Okay. So what you buy, like, let's say this year, you will not be using until 2024, 2025, right? Exactly. It's right. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. So let's say one year you have problem sourcing your wood. Big problem, is it? Yes. In fact, uh, with uh, COVID, uh, it's been a very big problem because uh, my... Um, Come si dice? Il mio fornitore, Your supplier, mio, yeah. Yes, my wood supplier uh, couldn't go to the Balkan regions, for example, to, to buy the trees. And okay. so it's been a big problem for the, uh, for the next uh, year. At of the course, end. of course. Yeah. So when, um, okay, obviously Italy, we go a lot of trees, but not so many to be used. So where do you usually get uh, your, uh, your wood from? Yeah, usually they comes from Eastern Europe, from Macedonia, from okay. uh, from the Balkan regions because uh, traditionally uh, they have uh, very high quality mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, big uh, dimensions of the trees. Uh, okay. Usually, are not trees uh, uh, cut uh, in the forest, but they are uh, single. Yeah is growing in private farms, for example. Right, okay. So they're grown on purpose to be uh, used then later for... for, for uh, yeah, it's the same wood uh, um, that uh, you can use uh, for the back of the guns, do you know? Uh, okay. And uh, they need uh, a very perfect balance uh, between weight uh, and uh, 
um, strength, strength and uh, um, um, the, the color is important as well because at the end the Forcola is also a sculpture no? and yeah. sometimes in Italy we have a, a kind of of light uh, almost white walnut that's not so nice the mm -hmm. the customer usually wants to to buy something also with with uh, shades uh, with uh, a very nice grain and so i must buy the 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 most beautiful walnut i can find mm -hmm. but it must not be easy um so it takes you five days uh, but walnut, uh, sorry, tree, whatever, the, the wood has got to be coming in and everything. So this makes it uh, a very, very uh, personalized kind of work that you do, because, of course, you, you need to speak to the gondolier, get his ideas of what you want, then you have to get the right wood. Uh, that is uh, something very intense and very skillful to be done. So when did you actually start doing uh, Bina Remer as, uh, as a, the real name for, uh, for the work that you do? Yeah, I started uh, 16 years ago uh, when um, I, I tried to ask uh, to, my, to my master to work uh, a bit uh, in his workshop. The first answer uh, has been no. <laughs> we're not surprised since we're in Venice but okay yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and okay so 15 years ago or 15 16 when you started how many uh orlock makers were there in Venice there were three three workshops oh they're still the same one okay all right okay I thought there were maybe a bit more than that okay I opened the the, the fourth uh okay workshop. Yes, 10 years ago. And so I, I always, uh, I've been always used to, to row and uh, I love rowing in Venice. And so uh, it, it was uh, my, my um, basic passion in life. Mm -hmm. And I, my will was to, to put together the passion for rowing for, with the passion for, uh, for uh, wood. And mm -hmm. Um, after trying to think a bit to the boat uh, construction, I understood that, that maybe this kind of job could uh, put together my character and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the object uh, I I was going to to, to make. So um, I I'm very I'm very happy making mm -hmm. the formula because I can put together the technical elements uh, but also the artistic ones. Yeah, of course. And, and you carry on a tradition, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm happy because I, I always try to 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 go on with a specific view on on Venice. At the end, that's the yes. one. I think it is a sustainable one, right? That's what yeah, yeah, at least uh, there is a group of people. Let's say the majority of Venetians are trying to do that, uh, not easily. <laughs> Let's admit, not easily. So, uh, and you are aware, one of the first one that actually was always uh, very, let's say, happy uh, to have people stopping into your shop and ask questions. Because I, I see oh, every time I pass, you always have somebody stopping yeah. by and coming in. I know you do also uh, people come in with tours and do workshops and stuff like that, where you explain and everything. But how important it is for, okay, I'll say in another way. How should somebody visit a craftsman shop? As in, what uh, when people walk in, 
apart from the usual questions and stuff, what, how would you like people to approach uh, you and uh, your job when they come in? Because I know sometimes people just walk in, have a look, ask thousands of questions and just walk away. And, uh, you know, you spend time with them talking. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. and that's the, it. <laughs> so the, what, what's the right approach? I don't know. Usually, usually there's a, a different uh, a feeling with the, with the people because uh, um, I, I am not in the main uh, street. I am, uh, as you perfectly know, a bit uh, hidden. Mm -hmm. so, um, hidden in plain sight, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> because you're literally like 15 meters from the main busiest street in Venice, but, but uh, not the main street. And this is uh, this is uh, nice because uh, I have also to work, and yeah. uh, I I can't have continuously people in my workshop because uh, sometimes I use also the machines. Sometimes yeah, I of course to the working and so i can't speak uh, uh, all the day but yeah exactly that's what i'm saying so when somebody comes and see you how should they do this because that's what i try to explain to people it's beautiful to go and see the artists and working and it's right that we should do that because then we can uh you know uh talk about you guys but there is also the fact that we're taking away your time and if you don't yeah. work <laughs> you don't learn Usually, the, the, the most interested uh, people that is uh, who is planning the, the visit uh, to Venice uh, can book uh, a dedicated visit in my workshop directly from my website. Okay. And, uh, I spend one hour with them, and mm -hmm. we we can uh, I can explain everything, and uh, we can chat together. And obviously, this is a, a payment service. But and, it should be because it's your time. Because if you're not yeah. working, of course, yeah, I'm totally you can right. Book, uh, directly from my website, send me, send it, sending me an email. But I'm, I'm happy to, to, to chat with the people also with pass, passing through my, uh, my workshop. The, mm, I don't know. It's, a, it's something uh, special in my. I, I want to be a, a presence. Uh, in, in the in the Venetian uh, roads in the, the Venetian calle, no? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. For me, it's very important that the artisan 2.0 uh, yeah. is also a, a person who is in relationships with in relationship with the society, with the visitors, and so on. Absolutely, absolutely. Also, because I think um, there is always this idea of Venice. Uh, you know, as well, keep trying since I started this podcast and my blog years ago. You know, everybody always goes to St. Mark's and Rialto and don't realize that how important the crafts of Venice have been for centuries, not just now. I mean, now is so much, many less, but there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different crafts in the city of artisans, as many lost, unfortunately, but yours is one of those that still survive and it needs to be given, uh, you know, uh, the right approach. People need to see. Also, I think is when they see you working, they understand how hard it is what you do, how long it takes your experience, uh, you know, to get where, also because you were telling me, the, your tools, they don't exist. You have to make your own tools, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I need the, the, the paradox is that the artisan needs the other artisans to, 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 to work because at the end, uh, 
yeah, sometimes I make my wooden hand planes. I make uh, some tool that I need, but I need also the the support of other, of other like uh, for example, a metal a metal worker, mm-hmm. uh, metal carpenter, uh, to make some tools for me. And so this is another uh, point uh, uh, that we can um, consider when we are speaking about the society, you know, because it's yeah. very important the figure of the uh, the workshop of the craft uh, shop in the city, mm-hmm. but important also the relationship between the different artisans and yeah. then the artisans and the citizen or uh, the the visitor, the, the, the tourist in this case. Yeah, it's like, for example, this year at uh, the Venice last week, they gave uh, the prize, you know, they, every year they give prizes uh, to the people that take part and stuff. This year they give a prize to Roberto Donava, that is a guy that makes all the tools for the for every single glass master or every single glass worker or anybody that uses glass in Venice. Uh, and he's the only one uh, so it's very interesting because if he didn't do what he does Murano glass wouldn't exist <laughs> they wouldn't add without his tools uh, there are specific tools that are just uh, were born in Murano uh, it, nothing would exist so it's, uh, it's important you know this link uh, between all the artisans right another thing that you are you are very outspoken you're very uh, always fighting for uh, a better way to visit Venice and to live Venice. So, mm-hmm. as a Venetian and as somebody that's always in the lagoon, what uh, give me three points that uh, should uh, people should t- really think hard when they come to Venice of, of how to visit Venice, in your opinion. Yes, I think that uh, uh, the main uh, the main uh, thing to do is to have uh, the the view from the water, because mm-hmm. it's very important to consider also the the um, the possibility of to to move around Venice uh, by the water, and uh, this is important because uh, uh, Venice was. Uh, um, thought to be uh, to be lived from the water mm-hmm. and uh, so in my opinion uh, get a, a gondola ride uh, is very important not for for the gondola itself also for the gondola itself but also for venice for a, a right view on venice mm-hmm. uh, the the second is to to explore a bit the the environment around venice the lagoon and uh, consider that uh, uh, without uh, our lagoon, I say our. <laughs> yeah, of uh, course. Uh, without our lagoon, Venice uh, couldn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lagoon is something that uh, has uh, 1,000 years of history, and uh, it's not uh, a natural lagoon, but it's the, the result of very, very clever choices of the, the Venetian men in the past. Mm-hmm. And nowadays we have the, the bigger responsibility to preserve the environment and uh, the, 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 the power of the lagoon to protect Venice against the sea. And uh, this is another, another aspect to, to, to consider. Mm-hmm. And uh, three, of course, uh, uh, as you said, uh, earlier uh, to to discover the, the little uh, uh, authentical um, 
living society in Venice that is not the, the main uh, uh, shops you can see, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, is the, the, uh, the, the craft uh, the craft working society behind Venice. Uh, and uh, it's very important because at the end, maybe what uh, uh, is remain, still remaining the, the authentic uh, uh, also um, offer to mm-hmm. the visitors, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm sure that we are uh, responsible of what we are offering to the tourism. Yes. And it's very, very important that uh, we consider that uh, the, the tourism, the tourist uh, can appreciate uh, what uh, he, he can see if uh, he can see something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, of course. But uh, I, I always say that uh, at the end of the day, the city of the moment is getting what is asking, simple as that, uh, as in uh, we getting back bad, a sort of bad tourism, let's say, because that's what we ask in a way uh is the wrong marketing we're doing the wrong uh i don't know we we're wrong approach to the city we have got so many gems and it's not just you artisans uh, hidden uh, galleries and museums so many things that we could use to promote a certain type of tourism but we don't we're not using it and uh, i think by doing that also we will limit the numbers of people because uh, uh, for me education is so important uh, and i know uh, i think you agree with me on this anyway uh, i think is the problem is we're not educating people to visit venice in the right way and it's by educating people that you limit the numbers and you get people to stay longer yes because- of course when yes. you know that, when you see that, oh my God, I should do this, I should do this, I should do this, it's very quickly, but you go down, you think, oh no, three days are not enough, I need to stay a week. You start to stay a week in the city, things change for everybody, I think, because, yes. uh, you know, people start to walking around in a different way as well. It's very, very important to know the city is not uh, uh, a simple city to visit, uh, I know, but... Uh, the, the the best thing in Venice is to to be lost in Venice. Yeah. And to we all discover. say that. And then we find them crying because they're lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. It's true, it's true. That's and the best thing. suggestion can be to, uh, if you if the visitor, the tourist, take um, rent a taxi boat, mm-hmm. ask for a taxi boat, uh, to ask to the taxi driver, to go very slow without, <laughs> yeah. without you. <laughs> yeah, because, right. Because the taxi driver is going to go very slow. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They, they... <laughs> now, you know what? You know what, Piero? We should put the taxis back uh, in using rolls rather than motor. That's what we should do. Nah, it's, it's very difficult, but <laughs> it's uh, it's enough to 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 be um, say, uh, con- conscious that... Uh, yeah. Behind your taxi boat, you are creating a very high uh, wave yes. that, that is going to, uh, to the let Venice because it is destroying the, the environment. Absolutely. And but you see, that- it's like all things, Piero. People are not talking about this or we are talking in the wrong way, as in people complain 
but the, com the, the, the complaint stops there because then the reason at the back uh, somebody with, uh, you, know, the, you know, like uh, let's say the, the city, that says, yes, we should stop this because it's ruin our city. They don't want to stop it. So unfortunately, that's a problem, I think, no? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. But we have also to communicate uh, in, a, in some ways that uh, uh, the, tour the tourist can also be uh, maybe uh, uh, because the, the, the client has always... Uh, oh, yeah, always he's always right. right. He's always right, yes. And maybe uh, having a certain uh, view of, of this uh, type uh, for Venice... Uh, mm -hmm can ask something i don't know it's uh, an idea yeah yeah of course oh, well you know is that how things are born small ideas yeah, yeah they, they could change i mean for example for me uh, the event that you organized uh, ah what was it four years ago uh on the island of uh, ah, Asmo, yeah. when we went to clean the island that was for me a big why uh eye opener um piero a few years it was four years ago wasn't it, it was 2018 or 2019 yeah, maybe 2019, but then okay, just before the pandemic, uh, Piero organized for the island. Uh, you know, he just went out and organized for people who wanted volunteers to turn up one day, and we spent a day on the islands of Gerasmo cleaning the beach and picking up all of the plastic. It was amazing. I can't even remember how many tons <laughs> of stuff we picked up, and I'm literally mean tons. Uh, how many boats were they? Where they come? I can't, I can't remember. Was it two, three boats? Uh, Aspetta, uh, 30 quintali, I think. Okay, Three and, uh, 30 quintali so 300 kg, giusto? 300 kilograms of plastic. No, 3,000. No. Oh, 3,000, sorry. 3,000 kilos of, uh, of plastic. Uh, that was a lot and that was one day because the day after everything was back again because it was you know it was taken by the, the sea and everything but for me um it was very interesting because i publicized it on my a website i was doing this and turn and i know for sure that people came foreign people came uh, to do it because they saw me tweeting about it and they joined and they loved it because they thought it was uh, you know they spent one day on the island of Erasmus cleaning it was their holiday, but mm -hmm. they, they felt good about it. And they discovered the island of Santerasmo, that is a beautiful island. Yeah. That, Maybe, um, but it's true. It was a very, very great day. Yes. You know? And, and uh, um, it, I think this is one of the things that, again, could be organized as tourism. Okay, you want to come down, come and clean with us. Uh, you know, it shouldn't just be the locals that get into that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's just... Uh, I think a tourist can be, be can do it can do so much better Venice uh, if um, you know if we talk about it more. Uh, but you know, me and you talk about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> we are very very we are so few, and it's very it's very difficult sometimes because you you feel uh, without the the right energy. Yeah. You are always so energetic, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's very, it, very difficult. It's very yes. Difficult. So, have you got any news, any plans for the next future? Are you in expanding? Are you getting bigger, or are you doing any particular project you've got? 
No, the, the, the project, the, the main goals for the already for the next uh, year mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to be a bit uh, uh, to, to, to make order in my, in my workshop because in these two years uh, it's been uh, amazing because I, I, have, I had to, um, to work more uh for for the for the epidemic uh, pandemic uh, here no okay so i want to give order to my to my planning to my working planning uh, mm-hmm. and um uh, to to have uh, possibly uh some more ready for class because in these years I, i'm working a lot by order okay but I, want, I want that uh i want to, to show directly something to the tourists and uh, to give to the tourists the possibility to, to buy directly something, uh, a forcola, a miniature, something. Because in this period, I, I worked a lot on the oars, for example, and my mm-hmm. windows are quite empty. So I, I'm working always by order and mm-hmm. it's it tiring for me because I have to, 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 to running. Uh, Running. Yeah, you got to run around and try to, f- to to go to the deadline and everything. Uh, so so people know you just don't do for class for the ball. So you do also miniature one or bigger ones for a statue as a little sculptures, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I sell the forcola all over the world uh, as a as a symbol of, of the authentic Venice. So as a as a sculpture, it's the same, but with a standing with a base and. Mm-hmm. Uh, can place uh, I don't know in the in the in your home as a as a, a symbol of Venice as a you can even do lamps can they if they wanted to there's a way of turning into a lamp as well no ah yeah sometimes I make something uh, a unique uh, unique pieces and mm-hmm. uh, for example I made uh, the the spring for cola collecting the, the 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 plastic the rubbish from uh, Santerasmo uh-huh. and putting other uh, natural elements to to join a contest okay uh, just in Italy uh, sometimes I make something more artistical more sculptural more um, um, abstract if you no abstract no so come si in inglese uh, arte astratta sì, sí, yeah, abstract or contemporary uh, whatever, yeah temporary art, but uh, yes I sell also the, the, the traditional forcola in all the dimensions in all the models, my, on my website uh, a visitor can find everything uh, okay. I want to have yeah. the time to express a bit more this artistical view on the forcola mm-hmm. because I feel the, the, the need to, to do it so I want to to be ordered in, in, in my in my work to have time enough to express this way. And so people know if you ever receive a forcola as a present, treasury, because uh, here in Venice, if somebody gives you a forcola, you are going like, oh my god! And I know I know for a fact because I know many friends that said, well, you know, I got for, a forcola from my uncle or from, and we go like, oh my god! It's like it's like somebody gave you, you know, million dollars or something like that. It's a very very precious gift. So if um, not if when people come to Venice, where do they find you physically, and where do they find you online? Uh, online is very simple. Is uh, il forcolaiomatto.it 
<laughs> you were about to say dot com, were you? <laughs> no, no, that's good. That, uh, it's dot dot IT. IT, sorry. And um, physically, I'm, uh, as you said, uh, 20 meters uh, uh, behind the main uh, uh, road from uh, the, the race station till uh, San Campo Santiposto to, to Rialto Bridge. And uh, I'm in Santa Sofia. Santa okay. Sofia. It's called Calle del Loca, giusto? Calle del Loca, yes. Calle del Loca. Yeah. Uh, and they can find you on social media as and where? Orcolaio Matto, always. Instagram. On Instagram and Facebook, Instagram, yes. Yes, on Instagram is better, yes. Okay. And um, you're always waiting for people during the, I know because you love doing this, during the film festival, you always have famous people stopping in your place, don't you? <laughs> 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 because uh, yes. Piero has got standing joke every year. <laughs> every year, yes, somebody famous in his workshop. But you need to come during the Venice uh, festival to find yeah. out uh, who. <laughs> and the carnival as well, sometimes. Yes. <laughs> in the carnival, I escape away from Venice. Ah, you go away. <laughs> okay Piero thank you so much it was lovely talking to you discover so much about this important thing that is the forcola and the history uh, both of your crafts and of uh, of this object that is so important for Venice and I'll speak to you soon actually I'll see you soon anyway because we always see each other thank you so much again ciao ciao grazie mille ciao ciao a big thank you to Piero Dri for chatting with us. You can find Piero in Venice near Strada Nova and on social media as Il Forcolaio Matto and on his website www.ilforcolaiomatto.it. Thank you again for listening. If you want to book a food tour or a cooking experience with me, you can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com or at cookingvenice.com and also on all social medias with the handle at Monica Cesarato and at cookingvenice. Feel free to leave a comment or write to info at monicacesarato.com for more information about the people featured in the podcast or Venice. Bye-bye! Sentire Media Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.